welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now, Genoveva Rossi, and she has quite a few, a good resume on her hands. She played the Nun Shambler and the Alpha Zombie in Army of the Dead, Pitchfork Molly in Z Dead End, Lisa, is it pronounced Sisone? Uh, <laughs> I think. In uh, Attack of the Killer Chickens? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Black Backwoods Beaver model in 100 Acres from Hell. Inmate in Orange of the New Black. Geo and Jacko Slasher, just to name a few. But how are you doing, uh, G- uh, Genevieve? Very good. Very good. I hope you're doing well. Have a nice Memorial Day. Yes. We'll come up on excited. that shortly. Yes, I'll be going. I just packed up some of my stuff. I'll be going home tomorrow to back to Pennsylvania because I'm in my place in Maryland. So be going back to visit my parents for the holiday weekend. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Enjoy it. Hopefully we'll get some nice weather. I don't know if we're supposed to, though. It looks like Hopefully. it might be a weekend. Yeah, I know. We got we had a major thunderstorm here uh, la- uh, last night, I believe it was. So it was pretty crazy. It wasn't the night before, but it was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the weather report's not looking great for this weekend, but what can you do? What can you yeah. do? Mother Nature at its finest. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of um, Army of the Dead, I actually just had a screening in Philadelphia with the other zombies from the film. We did it at the Eastern State Penitentiary, which is a really fun penitentiary Mm -hmm. um, in Philadelphia. It's like a museum now. They no longer have prisoners there. And they do like once there. And it was interesting because, believe it or not, we did the screening for Army of the Dead there. And I have a little bit of a history with the Eastern State Penitentiary because we filmed Death House there um, a few years ago. Nice. That is really cool. And I have yet to see Army of the Dead. I wanted to see it um, this weekend, but things just got so busy. But that is definitely it is on my watch list. So I but I do have some questions about it. I heard so many good things about it and I can't wait to actually uh, divulge that myself. It's kind of not your typical horror movie. It's kind of like a horror action kind of heist movie. I thought it had a really cool uh, soundtrack, actually. Nice. Um, Like some really different kinds of songs, a little bit of a flash from the past with some 80s and 90s kind of songs in it. Um, And I think it was pretty well acted. It had so many different characters in it. It had a real ensemble cast. It was almost difficult to keep track of everybody's name there were so many characters oh boy now did you ever meet uh, dave batista on set um yeah yeah he was on set with me at certain points um yeah 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 although i would say usually when you're on set with professional actors on a film that's like a 90 million dollar movie they're very (laughs) focused on um their scenes and their dialogue and they're not always that friendly absolutely Absolutely. Which you have to understand because the person is trying to stay in character. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. And I mean, Army, that like, let's put it this way. If you're doing a movie and you have X amount of days to shoot it and we're giving you X amount of money to get it done in those amount of days, it, it, you're going to be wasting time and money just to, if you don't film it all in the, that amount of days. So it makes sense that, you know, a big budget movie, they want to be on schedule at all times and not have to go over it. Yeah, and I think more or less always you tend to go over budget in these big big budget films because I know um, they had to reshoot a few scenes and I think they even um, 
you know, I had to recast a character in the film and reshoot the scenes with another actress. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And that takes a lot of extra time and a lot of extra funds as well. So it really, it really puts a damper on the movie as well, but it's what's best for the project, really. Exactly right. So yeah, they ran into some extra innings because I think they filmed part of the movie in Mexico City and then part of it in Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And then I think they unexpectedly went back to Mexico City to reshoot some scenes. Wow. So, yeah, it's a it's a whole process. Making a movie always takes a lot more time, money and energy than you think it's going to take. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of that, I'm directing and producing and working on a film uh, with Cluck Cluck Productions called um, um, Attack of the Killer Chickens, the movie which right now we're, we're in post-production on. Okay. It's a feature film based on a short film that I wrote and directed. I star in it nice. with an amazing cast of actors and with my producer, my executive producer, David Stein. Um, he, did, he, he stars in the film. He's the executive producer and also a real collaborator on the film. That's so, awesome. yeah. That's exciting. I can't wait to see that. I, I love horror movies. I love indie horror movies. I, it's just something about that low budget feel. It's like so relaxing. I love it. And I, I, I make uh, low budget movies myself. We have one that we're starting to film in July. And I, I love the low. It's very stressful, but I love the feel of a low budget movie because it, it, you, you know that there, it's not that it's money making it. It's the love and passion of the, of the filmmaker. It's true. And, you know, and people do find like this campy, charming quality in these low budget films that you don't always get with a high budget film. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. it has that campiness that, you know, that people just really seem to enjoy. You notice with these B rated movies that people have their favorites and they literally watch them over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Like some people watch these B rated movies like 40, 50, 100 times. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, and I, I love like the classic 80 campy style, like the Friday the 13th, the Halloween, like they're so iconic, but they're, they, believe it or not, they are low budget movies. Oh yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like a movie like Friday the 13th has a more loyal following than like the shining. Yes. Even though the shining, we would maybe think of as maybe being, you know, overall, maybe a more um, cinematic movie. Right. But, you know, there's just something about Friday the 13th yeah. or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or a lot of these movies that just captivates people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't even know what from my personal uh, like perspective. And I'm sure a lot of people don't know from their personal perspective, but there's something about it that draws you in. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And then also there's probably something about the actors and actresses yep. in the horror genre that really draws you in too. Yeah. No horror more than any other genre, I think, has an extremely loyal fan base. Absolutely. You know, more than most genres, honestly. Yeah. Um, people just really get obsessed over horror. We you know we got people watching the movies dozens right. of times. Yeah. And then we have these people going to these horror conventions all over the country mm -hmm. and all over the world. Right. Um, you know, and getting all this memorabilia and mm -hmm. autographs. I'm always sending out autographed pictures and DVDs to fans. You know, it's like no other genre is like that. If you're in drama, you don't go to drama conventions. You don't send right. that autograph pictures of yourself for mm -hmm. drama as, as much, you know, or comedy. Right. 
just horror movies. People people are literally obsessed with horror movies. They really love them. Absolutely. So the first question I got for you, how did you get your start into acting? I was always something I was interested in. And I did some acting in uh, grammar school, Mm -hmm. high school, college, you know, theater, uh, short films. And then it was just kind of like a natural segue for me to start acting in independent films. Nice. That's awesome. It really is. Um, and the indie film community is just so loyal, so faithful, like a family, really. It's a knit family. We all know each other. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just a matter of time before you all work with each other, too. Absolutely. Like me and Greg Gilbert, we're really good friends. We've known each other for over five years now. I've been on a show five times this past January. And he, I was on the phone with him the other day. And he uh, said, and I already had the friend request, but I mean, he mentioned, he's like, oh, and Genevieve Rossi, she's going to send you a friend request. Uh, I re- highly recommend interviewing her. And he, it, and you told me, he gave me a good, he recommended me to you. So that's how we connected, which is, it's, again, the family aspect, you know, it's that indie, indie feel, like it's really great. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And he's an awesome guy. And he's been involved in a number of films that I'm involved in, mostly James Balsamo films. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to be involved in the upcoming film Z Dead End. And I think he's also involved in Witches of the Sand, which is a UK based film that I just did nice. recently. Nice. You know, he gets involved in a lot of films mm-hmm. um, in different capacities. You know, he you know, he is extremely dedicated to the horror genre. He's a, he's yeah. a big fan of it. Absolutely. He's, so. he's a really good guy. And I've met, like I said, I've known him at least five years and we, we talk, we don't talk as much as we used to because I've just been so busy lately and he's been, you know, busy on his end and that, but we, we talk it still on occasion. And I, I would like to start talking to him, you know, on a, not everyday basis, but like, you know, maybe a couple of times a week, but compared to like the once every other week type of thing that we've been at now. But uh, he's, he's really a good friend of mine. He's a good, he's a big wrestling fan, of course. So he used to be a big wrestling fan, definitely in the seventies and eighties. So uh, we talk about that a lot. So he's, he's a good guy, a good guy. So next guy. question, how, um, like, did you audition for Army of the Dead? And if so, can you walk us through the auditioning process? Well, Army of the Dead had an interesting thing. I, I had seen on Facebook that they were casting zombies for a movie. And I didn't really realize what kind of movie it was, you know. So I just submitted my pictures and I had to input my information into like a database online, you know, pictures, resume, all this kind of stuff. And then they asked me to submit more pictures of myself because they weren't sure. They needed like full body, like maybe bikini shots. They needed some head shots mm-hmm. because their zombies have a very, are a very particular type mm-hmm. uh, of person that they were looking for. Body type, face type, all that kind of stuff, maybe mm-hmm. age bracket. Um, and then I end up coming the first day, which I guess was an audition process where we met Zach Schneider mm-hmm. and we also trained to be zombies. So we went to like zombie training 101 where you learn <laughs> how to, um, you know, move like a zombie, make sounds like a zombie, you know, make your eyes look like a zombie and just like and be a zombie, you know, and be believable on camera. You know, I had played a zombie in some independent films before Army of the Dead, so that was helpful. But I did learn a lot through the zombie boot camp, if you will, where we were all training to be zombies together. So I guess that was a bit of an audition process. I'm not sure everyone that came out, you know, made it as a zombie. Not everybody maybe had what it took. Um, to be a believable zombie on camera in Army of the Dead. 
So we did that. And then afterwards, I was on set a few days where I played two different zombies. I play a shambler zombie where I'm wearing like kind of a nun outfit. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a scene um, where the characters are going down a corridor mm-hmm. towards the beginning of the movie um, in Las Vegas. Um, and I'm in like a kitchen area. And then later on, I'm an alpha zombie. Um, which are the zombies that move faster and appear to be a little bit more intelligent. I look a little bit more like myself, I guess, meaning that I have my hair part in the middle mm-hmm. and it's blonde and I'm wearing like a ripped up half shirt and some ripped up jeans. Nice. And I'm with a group of zombies near a pit. Nice. That's awesome. And we, and we had fun. Um, you know, we, uh, we all had a lot of fun playing zombies. It's very hard to recognize yourself in the film, though, I have to be honest, because mm-hmm. we showed up like one o'clock in the morning and we were in makeup until maybe like nine o'clock in the morning between wow. makeup, hair and wardrobe. Mm-hmm. So you don't really look like yourself anymore at the end of that. And yeah. then they also use some CGI on all the zombies. So when you're watching the movie, it's really hard to recognize people that you know in it because they look like zombies. Right. And that makes sense because, I mean, it, they, even if they use a lot of, like, the practical effects type of stuff, like, you know, like, like you still got to use the CGI to make them really look like zombies, especially in a higher budget movie. Because, I mean, I, like I said, I haven't seen it yet. I was aiming to look at yeah. it today, uh, today, but it's probably going to be this weekend. Um, but, uh, I mean... Um, the fact is that, like, I mean, these zombies, like, you need them to look real, and you can only do so much on a high budget, especially when you have a lot of people that are going to be zombies. You can you can only do so much with everybody. Like, you can't. Yeah, and you don't want people to end up looking like just some people in zombie makeup at the end right. of the day. You know, like, you want well, them to look half-assing. It. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. It's it's like a, a ninety million dollar movie. You don't want it to look half-assed. So, unfortunately, probably like nobody's mother is going to be able to recognize, uh, uh, you know, their uh, children in the movie. It's very hard to even recognize yourself to a certain degree. I think I ended up recognizing myself like maybe by my hair, you know, really. Um, And things like that, maybe my stature or or things or like where I remember standing or where I remember being and what scenes I remember being in. But otherwise, or maybe what outfit you were wearing, like what zombie outfit. It's very difficult to recognize yourself because they put a lot of, uh, uh, you know, prosthetic makeup on you and all this other stuff. And like, plus the CGI, it's like a whole process. Um, And at the end of it, you know, um, I remember people weren't even able to, you couldn't even unlock your phone using facial recognition, you know, software because you look so different. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. That's something that happens a lot as an actor. Sometimes you're wearing makeup and facial recognition stuff is not going to work on you because they've really, your appearance has been so altered. Like Mm -hmm. I was just working on a a film recently um, where it was like a werewolf movie Mm -hmm. and, you know, our werewolf character, Mm -hmm. you know, with all the makeup and stuff, you know, you become unrecognizable as well. And that's something that happens in the horror genre is that, you know, you have this a lot of times you're in a movie and with the makeup is an important the special effects are really an important part of low budget in high budget horror films. Absolutely. You know, these are uh, movies that kind of take, you know, life to another level. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and makeup is an important part of it. Like I remember when I was working on Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Mania when we filmed that in Calgary, Canada, which is a higher budget, low budget film. We have uh, Dave Trainer who worked on um, Fargo, the TV series, mm-hmm. and he's doing your makeup, and it's involved. Yeah. It's really involved. It took a very long time yeah. to get all the blood makeup off after we shot my scenes. Crazy. You know, sometimes it was even a little nauseating because sometimes the special effects are so good, you really almost feel like, you know, you're in a pool of blood. Right. Yep. It's it's fun. Like, I know one thing a lot of people tell me um, is that I do, I act better dying than I do um, get delivering dialogue. I'm like, I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> Well, not everybody can die well in a movie. Yeah, it's like a certain thing. Because sometimes you watch yeah. a movie and people aren't very realistic about it. Right. Because it's definitely something you haven't done before. Yep. Most likely, unless you've had a near-death experience or something like that. Right. <laughs> you know, that's the only other way, I guess, you would, you know, yep. you would. Or, or if you believe in reincarnation, I guess. Right. Now, did you die in Army of the Dead? Um. Well... If you think about it, I I was dead in Army of the Dead. I right, but like, did you get I, shot or anything? No, not that you see um, on camera. I don't want to give too much away about the film. Right, but um, you know, not there are a lot of zombies in the movie, and right. and not all of them. Uh, a lot of them don't die. You know, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, or or don't really have anything particularly violent happen to them. They're just hanging out. You know, living their mm-hmm. zombie lives. Really, absolutely. You know, so, it's it's kind of right. an interesting universe. I don't want to give the movie away too much, but mm-hmm. it's a really cool movie, and there are a lot of zombies in it that mm-hmm. come from kind of all different walks of life, and then really kind of embrace yes. all the different um, things that could be going on in your life when you're living in Las Vegas and you suddenly become a zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be an Elvis impersonator. You could have just gotten married. Maybe you were at the gym. Maybe you were in the middle of using the slot machines. You know, that's hilarious. Maybe, maybe you were swimming in the pool. Maybe you're on the beach having a good time, and then all of a sudden you become a zombie and you're stuck in that outfit for all of eternity. Now, <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because like that's like if there was a zombie apocalypse, that would be what happened. People in Vegas would be playing the slots and they die or whatever. The reanimator, whatever that would happen. You know, stuff like that. Like that stuff. Like it makes you think if the zombie apocalypse ever happened, would this be what would happen? Yes, yeah, so I guess. But think about that when you're getting dressed in the morning. Is this what you want to be wearing if there was a zombie apocalypse? You know, right? You know, you might not think of like the characters might not have thought of that when they got dressed that morning before they became zombies, and then you're stuck in that outfit. Yep. And maybe it's not an outfit you want to be stuck in for the rest of your life, you know, or the rest <laughs> of eternity, your zombie life, at if it will, you know. <laughs> Um, but I guess you're not the same person once you become a zombie. You know, that's not something that we ever explore is your consciousness when you go from a human being to a zombie. Is there anything left of you as a human when you're a zombie? You know, any memories or any emotions? Or are you like completely reborn as a zombie? You know, it's like a philosophical idea. There's a movie idea. Explore the, like, how does the zombie mind work, you know? (laughs) <laughs> exactly what happens to the human being yeah. um when that person becomes a zombie like is that yeah. is your soul and your personality and your brain just kind of cast aside 
or does it merge with the zombie-ness, right. you know? Yeah, that's a good point. That's always something I've kind of always wondered. And then I always yeah. think of like this whole zombie thing. It's almost like, you know, you kind of going to hell in a sense. Yeah. Because here you are like trapped in this deteriorating body and you don't seem to really have any control and you've really, you're not the person that you once were. And I honestly think like um, Army of the Dead, in my opinion, is almost like a morality play and brings up a lot of issues of karma. And I think some almost spiritual themes that Zack Schneider put in the film. We have to remember that Army of the Dead is the first film that Zack Schneider worked on after losing um, his poor daughter um, in a very tragic way. Right. And that may have influenced the film because I've watched it twice already now since it came out. And I really feel like it does bring up some issues of right and wrong and mm -hmm. spirituality. Right. You know, that's a good point. Though. That's a very good point. And, and that's something I think. And, that, and I'm sure he was very influenced mm -hmm. because how could you not as a parent? Because losing right. your child is the most devastating thing that can happen to a human being, right. of course. Absolutely. One you thing I always, said, I always said was that a parent shouldn't have to bury a child. You know I mean, that it should be... A, a, Obviously, you shouldn't. You wouldn't want death at all. But like, obviously, the parents should never have to bury a child. It should always be the other way around. Like, a child should outlive the parent, type of thing. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and, and any parent would probably gladly die in the place yeah. of their child. You Absolutely. know, Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, it was amazing to work with Zack Schneider after he had overcome something like that, mm -hmm. and then to to be working on such dark subject matter in a yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think he Absolutely. did bring. Um, a little bit, bit of like maybe this, some spirituality and some issues of karma and other things into the film that I think are there that maybe not everyone sees. Yes. Like certain characters have different motivations as to why they want to get into Las Vegas and to why um, they want to deal with zombies and do these kinds of things. People are motivated by different things. You know, we see the chiller. Some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by different other things. You know, I actually kind of thought the, the one character that's motivating them to go into Vegas might be almost like a devil character, you know, yeah, that's like yeah. them towards evil um, and things like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, because like, you know, like in the Bible, we always hear like money is the root of all evil. And that yeah. kind of, I feel like is almost the theme of Army of the Dead, you know? Yeah. You know, what more evil in the film, you know, our quest for money or the zombies? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is the truth. Like, I mean, money, like you need money to survive, obviously. Like you can't yeah. eat without money. You can't, you know, mm -hmm. live in a house without money. You can't have clothes without money. You know, you can't drink without money to an extent, I guess. But uh, like, so money is the root of all evil because greed is one of the, uh, you know, seven deadly sins. But mm -hmm. like, so mm -hmm. it is true, which is the, that's a good point because I did read the synopsis. I seen the trailer of Army of the Dead and it's like, it's like, uh, you know, they do go on a heist for, you know, and it is what is more evil is it the zombies is it the greed for the money what is what is motivating man to become evil at this point you know well and then and then they bring up a little bit of an issue like you know and we see this in a lot of horror movies that like you know neither the living dead and other films is that human beings a lot of times betray each other oh, yeah. and backstab each other 
but zombies don't do that, you know? So yeah. it's like, you have to, maybe we all need to take a long look at ourselves yeah. and see who really yeah. is the monster and who really is the moral, you right. know, person. And even like the walking the dead, they always said that the walking dead wasn't talking about that title itself. Wasn't talking about the zombies per se. It's like the mm -hmm. walking dead, the, the ones that are surviving are the walking dead at the point because they, they're, some of them are, are evil. Some of them are friends and then they turn on their friends and, you know, just for survival, they fight for the survival. And is it The Walking Dead really about the zombies or is it really about the, the Walking Dead within us living in this apocalypse type of world? No. Well, that's the thing is like, you know, when you're living this apocalyptic world, you have to be careful mm -hmm. that, you know, when you're battling monsters that you yourself don't become a monster in the process. Right. Absolutely. So how many days and were you on set for uh, uh, Army of the Dead? Um, I think around maybe five okay you know nice. so not a lot because you have to what you have to keep in mind too is that it takes a lot longer to film these scenes than you realize right and, and you're probably get, sorry sorry you're probably getting the makeup on longer than you are filming too sometimes that happens and they were like long days where you could be on set for like 17 or 20 hours <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, you're laying around taking a nap in your zombie makeup, you know, you're eating your food with your zombie makeup on, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, and yeah, you show up maybe one o'clock in the morning, you're doing makeup and they're getting everybody ready until like nine. Mm -hmm. And then we're shooting maybe for another eight, 10 hours. Oof. And it's like a whole process. And you only spend like a small portion of the time actually shooting the movie and then getting all the makeup off is its own process, too. Um, they were very secretive of, of, of us not being able to leave with the makeup on. You had to take a very long shower at the end of the day and get all that makeup off. Yeah. And taking the shower to get the makeup off and getting out of wardrobe and getting your hair um, back yeah. to normal was a long process as well. Absolutely. You know, it was uh, it was pretty tedious. Um, people don't realize that in the horror genre, how tedious a process it is. Yeah. with the makeup and the special effects that we're required to use a lot of times in these movies, you know? Yeah. It's, it gets a little crazy, like it how really many is. buckets of blood we go through <laughs> and how long it takes to get everybody made up to be their character in the film and what an art form it is that the makeup artists are involved in. You know, yeah. it's an art form really getting it everybody is. prepared. It absolutely is. And it's, it's very fascinating. It's, it's, it really takes a special technique to do. And I mean, you can learn it in, you know, in college and all that, but it, it really is an art form that, you know, not everybody has the patience to do because it's not like you're doing it just on yourself. You're doing it on another human being and you don't want to hurt them either. Yeah. You want to make it as comfortable as, as possible, yeah. but it's, it always is kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I was just, re I was just watching an interview with Jim Carrey when he did the Grinch that stole Christmas and he said he almost didn't finish the movie because of how tedious it was to be in the makeup chair getting made right. up for eight hours every time they shot. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't realize how involved it is going through eight hours of makeup to be, you know, the Grinch that stole Christmas. And then you still have to act in the movie and, and, and perform and do your job, and move around and everything. And that adds like a whole other dimension to it. You know, Planet of the Apes, we saw that. Um, a lot of like these really classic films, it takes a long time to get ready and then you have to perform when you're ready and then sometimes it's a very much a challenge 
you know, the comfort of being in the makeup and trying to eat and drink when you're in the makeup yeah. and all these uh, other things that are kind of yeah. involved in it that you didn't realize maybe when you signed up for it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's much more involved than you realize. So it was interesting though, because like I said, when I applied for Army of the Dead, I didn't realize it was Army of the Dead or a Zack Schneider film until I was there the first day. Right, exactly. And uh, and it's like, it, it's just um, like when you see the final product, you know, the the movie magic on the screen it's like it might have been uncomfortable it might have been late nights and long days and tedious makeup and performing in it but you see that final product and it's like it was all worth it it came out good yeah it, it was for all of us we were talking about um monday night when we were at the screening at eastern state penitentiary we were talking about what an amazing and unique and once in a lifetime kind of process yeah. it was to be on that film set and to work with Zack Schneider and his amazing uh, team and crew and cast on a film like that. Yeah. And just to be, you know, in a film like that, it's amazing because it is actually like the number one movie in America right now too. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's interesting. So, you know, you go from applying to be a zombie in a movie, not knowing what it is, to being a zombie, the number one film in America. <laughs> and that's the journey of an actor is that so often we yeah. do these films, you don't really know how small or how big the movie is actually going to be. Absolutely. And you kind of just go through the motions and you do it. You know, you're putting, you know, like your uh, eggs in all these different baskets and you don't yeah. really know which what it's going to hatch into later on and i think you don't really want to dwell on it you just want to kind of put out as many baskets and as right. many eggs as you can and, yeah and just kind of see what comes of it you know yeah. uh, put your best um self out there into as many projects as you can you want to do a really consistent and good job with everything that you do as an actor yeah. and then hopefully um these projects take off and become something big you know Right. And like, it could be the smallest project in the world, you know, like very low budget, you know, but you don't know if that project could become a billion dollar franchise. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's possible. Like one small low budget film that has maybe a three, you know, three, like whatever, $300,000 budget or $3,000 budget, for example, like it could mm -hmm. be the smallest project, but it catches and captivates the audience to the point that it becomes this cult classic. And there's a lot of movies that are like that. Sleepaway Camp, Bright of the 13th, Halloween. Like they all became these uh, iconic classics that were literally very, very, very low budgeted. The Blair Witch Project is a Blair great Witch example Project. of that too. Actually. Yeah. Because like, what is it? Like a $20,000 movie, yeah. you know, shot handheld, you know, doesn't even have yep. particularly good cinematography. Of course, that's part of the charm of it. <laughs> and, you know, it became like a huge theatrical release Ooh. kind of movie. You just never know with the movies that you're doing, um, yeah. you know, and that's even sometimes even not horror movies like Clerks or The Room. Right. You just never know when you're making mm -hmm. these movies, yeah. you know, every movie, you know, movies that we do have a life of their own when we're completed with them. Mm -hmm. You know, you might only be on set for the movie for like a day or a couple of days, but your performance could live on for a very, very long time. Absolutely. You know, you could be on set for four hours and this could be a movie that people are watching for the next 20 years. You just never right. know. And a good example of that is Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. Um, there was this couple camping in the woods and the girl gets slammed against the tree in her sleeping bag. Literally, you know, probably one, maybe two day shoot. And, uh, you know, she's on screen for maybe, you know, a couple seconds or so or a couple minutes. 
And that's the death scene that is probably in most people's top five. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, death scenes are important. People always seem to remember, like, especially if you have like a really original, unique, yep. and mm-hmm. exciting death scene that could really be something that's yep. memorable in a movie for sure. You know, like yep. my friend Jim Crud is helicopter zombie, you know, and mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, you know, um, being remembered and how you're killed in a movie is its own kind of uh, notoriety, you know, of Absolutely. course, you know. Absolutely. You know, that's why it's important. It's good that you die well in movies. Right. So how did you become part of Z Dead End? Um, that's an interesting one. Well, um, it's been a process. Um, I met uh, Robert Arresto, the director and writer, a few years ago, and we kind of shot a couple scenes so that he would kind of have like an eye, I guess, um, something to show investors. Mm-hmm. And then I've been talking to him for a couple years about the film. So, you know, and, and about my character and um, it kind of just evolved slowly. And we've been getting more and more people involved in the film. And I think he just announced, if I'm not mistaken today, that Kane Hodder will be involved in the film. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and a, and a bunch of really cool people are going to be involved in the film. But that was like a, an announcement I think I saw like an hour ago on my Facebook. Kane's a great guy. I remember my first horror convention I was a guest at was the Mr. Hush Weekend of Horror. And Kane Hodder was there. And he came over and he was like, Genevieve Rossi, you're here too. And I was like, I had never met him before, but he pronounced my name right. And that's the kind of person Kane Hodder is. <laughs> that's awesome. He, yeah, I heard a lot of great things about him. So that's really cool. I, I interviewed quite a few people that worked with him and they all had nothing but nice things to say about, about him. Oh, yeah. I'll be working with him on a bunch of films, including uh, Jasper, nice. um, Z Dead End. We were in Death House together. I was on set with him with Death House. Probably more movies than that. But those are the ones that are popping in my head right now. Right. Really, really great guy. And um, he, and my, he and myself are really dedicated to health, fitness, and nutrition, which I think makes a really big difference in our lives as right. well. Yeah. yeah, I was watching his uh, documentary on Shudder the other day. And, uh, I mean, his fire story, like, it literally had me in tears. Like, I- I'm emotional. <laughs> I'm a very emotional person. But uh, it Aww. had me in tears because, like, imagining what he went through and all that. That, you know oh my god I couldn't believe it like it just it was it was so heartbreaking like hard to believe like that a human actually went through all that and he told that that documentary was well put together so if anybody watching this hasn't seen uh King Hodder's story I believe it's called To Hell and Back if I'm not mistaken um, but you know it, but it's yeah. it's not a depressing story it's a comeback story right you know exactly so yeah. I definitely recommend people he comes back it you know, yeah. better, stronger, you know, and more and successful than ever yeah, before. And he's still know? done fire scenes and including the one in Friday the 13th part seven, which was an amazing fire stunt. Um, it had the help broke a number of records at the time. Um, so, and he still did that after being, you know, scarred and, you know, basically, you know, set on fire and hospitalized in the burn unit and everything. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's frightening. It's frightening. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I guess uh, I guess Kane believes in uh, facing your fears and overcoming Absolutely. them. Absolutely. You know, and things like that. Yeah. So that yeah. it is an inspiring story. And yes. then, I, you know, when I met him too, he, um, the first time he was also discussing about how when he was young in school, he had been bullied a lot and right. picked on. Like yeah. maybe there was something different about him or something mm-hmm. like that. And he wanted people to realize that just because you were bullied in grammar school or high school, I was bullied mm-hmm. myself. 
that that doesn't mean that you're gonna, not going to be successful. Your life right. is in grammar school. It is in yeah. high school. Yeah. And, you know, it's beyond that. You know, a lot of the people that bully you in grammar school and high school are probably just losers anyway. Screw them. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And then when you become right. those losers and those bullies that come to you asking you for your autograph or a picture with you. <laughs> well, you know, I know Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder had, had said that. Yeah. Yep. Like Winona Ryder, yeah. I think. It happened been- to me. I was bullied. And I when I came out with my first movie, I had people at the come to the premiere to support it, ask for my autograph. And and a picture with me and everything like that. And yeah, so it does happen. And then it's like, oh, I'm so sorry for bullying you. It's like, I'm just, you know, okay. Yeah, you know, but you don't forget it because it hurts. It really does hurt. Like, yeah, and then I think so often we always remember what was done to us, but we don't always remember what we do to other people. And maybe Absolutely. that's human nature. Mm-hmm. And, then, and that we all need to pause and maybe yeah. look at ourselves more deeply to see, you know, what kind of pain we've, cause other people in life and try to avoid that you know absolutely right yeah, so, as, as, possible, as possible we, we want to try to yeah. live a compassionate existence as much as possible you know absolutely so you, you spoke briefly earlier about attack of the killer chickens the movie that's coming out about do you want to tell us a little bit about it well it started out as a short film that i shot mm-hmm. and went to over 40 film festivals called attack of the killer chickens mm-hmm. i star in it um i write it and i produced it with an amazing cast of people and it was only about six and a half minutes long, but it won, I think, like seven or so awards at different nice. film festivals. And then we decided, you know what, let's make it a feature. I actually did the short as a proof of concept for feature. And then mm-hmm. luckily I was able to get our executive producer, David Stein, behind us. Mm-hmm. And we formed Cluck Cluck Productions and decided to make it a feature film, nice. which was a really exciting process for me to go from working on my first short <laughs> film to working on my first feature film. Yeah. But, you know, when life, uh, you know, throws you an opportunity, you gotta, you go with it, you know? And, uh, and it was amazing working with such an amazing team of, you know, my producer, David, um, Cluck Cluck Productions, all these wonderful actors, the cast and crew, you know, making a film isn't about one person. It's really a team of people that are making that film, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's almost like we're in a platoon and we're at war and we all have to work together and you can't have any weak links. Everybody's got to like be pulling, um, you know, their own um, um, work. And then like the, the director is kind of like, like, I guess the platoon leader and you, you have to like fearlessly lead the people yeah. along into making the film. And everybody has to have confidence in you and your ability and your vision and your, your dream your passion in this project and uh, attack of the killer chickens the movie pays homage to a lot of movies that i grew up like loving like planet apes uh, night of living dead um attack of the 50 foot woman all these crazy movies that i loved as a child you know uh, attack of the killer tomatoes it kind of pays homage to like a lot of that kind of crazy stuff. Right. And it was really uh, wonderful working with um, all of my friends, essentially, that I've accumulated through my uh, working on over 108 films since, I guess, approximately 2012. Right. Um, so, you know, I've had a pretty busy film career since I got started. And yeah. then I had a pretty good idea ex- exactly who, what people I want to be part of my feature film right. based on working with them as an actor. 
And I think it's really cool as an actor to direct a film. And it's really cool as a director to act in a film because I think being on both sides of the camera really makes you a, a more well-rounded creative person in the film industry. Absolutely. It's so true. So we know you've also been part of Orange is the New Black. Big, mm-hmm. you know, hit series. Like, a lot, like that was, that's, you know, everybody loves Orange is the New Black. So what was that experience like? Um, well, I remember, I think I'm in a cafeteria scene eating macaroni and cheese <laughs> while two lesbian characters fight each other. That's what I remember. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that uh, vividly. Um, and, and it was an interesting um, show to be a part of because you almost feel like you are in prison because you have to go and you have to uh, give up your purse and all your personal items and your clothes and they outfit you in prison garb from head to toe. You don't even get to keep your underwear. Oh, boy. You, have to, you have to wear prison underwear and prison socks and prison shoes. And wow. you have like your prison in your prison hairstyle that you have. So that makes you feel a little bit like you're in prison. I would say right off the bat, wearing that prison outfit right. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So pretty wow. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, so it was like a unique experience. And then I've also been on Gotham three yeah. times, I think which for whatever reason, I end up being like, I guess, one of these dark CD Gotham characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I fit into the Gotham universe pretty well. So I ended up in Gotham a couple of times. That was fun. Nice. And I did, I got to be on the deuce before the deuce, um, you know, ended. So that was cool. Awesome. That's awesome. What I mean, oh, and I saw that you, from your IMDb, I did see that you were on Gotham. That's actually my next question, what that experience is like. Yeah, like that's, I mean, that's another, another big show, you know, that was, that's really, you know, popular at the time. You know? I remember doing a lot of overnights on Gotham. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and for people that don't understand, overnight means like you show up in the afternoon and you finish the next morning. Yeah. And you don't, yeah. and you don't sleep until you get home. Yeah, that that's a long day too. Like it really is. It's a grueling day because it's not it, like you're you're probably tired on top of that, and then you have to memorize what your lines are, do the your the best performance you could possibly do because that's what your job is. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's really intense. And then you know, and I remember being on some films where some of the actors will complain about how long the hours are and things like that. And you know, and unfortunately, um, people think you know, by when we watch these movies that acting is a lot more glamorous than it actually is. And there are some glamorous elements, but usually the glamorous elements happen after the movie is completed and we're on the red carpet at the screening for the movie. Right. Um, the glamour doesn't actually happen when you're working on the movie. It doesn't happen until like months yeah. or like a year later when the movie is released. Yeah. Um, when you're actually working on the movie, it's very not glamorous. It's a lot of long hours and it can be extremely tedious. You know, it could be a lot of heat and sweating or cold and shivering uh, a lot of standing around waiting um acting is is not for everybody you know it it takes a very patient person to become an actor absolutely couldn't even say it better myself absolutely true um so is there any screen queen or horror um like icon that you haven't worked with that you would like to you know share the stage with like beyond feeling with I've always liked to work with Barbara Steele, which I think I'll be working with her on a film coming up down the road. 
that Robert Restro is uh, directing. So I look forward to doing that. I always liked her old kind of classic horror films like The Pit and the Pendulum and all these other wonderful movies, Black Sunday that she was in. You know, she's a very classic kind of horror actress, um, you know, definitely up there with Vincent Price and Peter Cushing and all these other really exciting people. So that would pretty be pretty cool to be able to work with. Um, I wish I had worked with Vincent Price, but he died a lot a long time before I began acting. <laughs> or it would have been nice to work with Christopher Lee. He lived for a long time. I just didn't end up working with him, though. Right. Uh, Darn. <laughs> Darn. Dang nabbit. Dang nabbit. Yeah, you know, uh, life is fleeting. We're not going to be on this earth forever. And Absolutely. even though somebody like Christopher lived for 100 years, it just didn't seem long enough, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So the last question I got for you, it's all about you. Uh, any projects that you would like to promote to our listening viewing audience that you have in the works? Well, um, um, look for me in ZDN. Uh, uh, yeah, ZDN. Dead, Z, dead end, excuse me. I can speak today. Um, look for me in the upcoming film Jasper. I look. For, I just did a werewolf film that'll be added to my IMDb uh, soon. It's an untitled project right now. Um, let's see. I'm going to be in a bunch of films coming up um, that I can't even talk about right now. I'll be filming a couple things out in Seattle in a couple months as well. So people can always follow me on my social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on facebook i'm on instagram uh genevieve rossi look for me uh look at for me on my imdb um a lot of cool films i'm excited to be you know working on like i just finished uh central authority during the pandemic i did witches of the sands during the pandemic which is a uk-based film that i'm looking forward to seeing um you know i always kind of have a steady stream of films that i'm working on and films that are kind of coming out Absolutely. Um, but I can't always talk about the things that I'm working on until, you know, they actually happen. Right. Makes a, a whole lot of sense. But I thank you so much for uh, joining me, Genevieve. Thank you so much for having me. And yep, let's keep in touch. And I hope we end up on a film set together soon. Absolutely. I would love that. That would be an honor for me, to be honest with you. So I would love to be working with you at some point in the future. That would be so cool. Thank and you. it would be an honor for me to work with you. So uh, let's awesome. make it happen. Keep in let's touch, okay? Happen. Yep, sounds yeah. good. Hey, you have a good rest of your day and ha- enjoy your rest of your afternoon. You too. Take care Thank now you. and have yep. a wonderful Memorial Day. You do the same. Bye. <laughs>